Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Katie, and welcome to 360 View. This is where we explore a broad range of ideas on all things affecting your body, your wellness, and your mind. Welcome back, viewers, to another episode of 360. We hope you've had a wonderful time since we spoke to you last time. So for today, we're going to delve into a little bit of a... Oh, you didn't even ask me how I was. Oh, sorry. How are you? <laughs> Thanks. Fine. And how are you? Amazing. You're just trying to race this one along. <laughs> I know you're excited about a bit of information here, but man, you're bam and into it. You're just an accessory to the podcast, oh, really. Obviously, in just some an, cases. Just an information machine. We really don't care how you are. <laughs> oh, so harsh. So harsh. But I'm glad you're well. Yeah, I know. Very I'm nice. glad I'm well as well. <laughs> as well as well. I'm well. <laughs> Have you had much going on since we spoke last? Just tidying up, cleaning things up, trying to do a bit of a... Well, I suppose it's not really... Well, everyone does their spring clean, but... I'm sort of winter clean. It's probably just accessibility to time, but it's trying to go through. I find that if I haven't cleaned out, even just picking a room or an area, whether it's at work or, or home or whatever, and trying to get get it to an, a level, an acceptable level for myself, it helps me in wintertime because I feel like I get bogged down. Yeah. And everything, just like cluttered, I, think, I, think. I think what it is is everything starts to feel stale. After mm. a certain amount of time, like when you haven't cleaned it out and it doesn't even have to be mess. It doesn't have to be messy and it doesn't have to be dusty, but it just almost starts to feel like you haven't touched it in a while yeah. and it just needs to be like rejigged. Mm. And what they say about when you're doing your closet, so it's a good chance to do. Don't you turn your coat hangers around or something around? Oh, really? Yeah. I think they end up saying if you go through your whole cupboard yeah. and shirts and pants and whatever it's hanging up, you're hanging up stuff. And you were to turn so that your coat hangers were facing one way, you know, yeah. pull them out or take them in and take them out, whichever. And then every time you put something back, you would turn it the other way. Yeah. Then after, I think they give, say, three months, mm. three months, because that does a, like a winter or a, mm. you know, like a, um, a, season. a season. If you do that, then go through your closet and you can look at the things that you haven't worn in the last 12 weeks or three months. Or for however long, mm. pick a time frame. Pick a time frame, I suppose. And the things that obviously you don't wear, are you ever no, going to wear it? You probably need to have a look and see whether they actually are bring joy. What they say? Are they spark Mary, joy? That's Mary, Marie Kondo, Marie isn't Kondo, it? Yeah. Sparks joy. I've seen a lot of funny memes on that where people end up. <laughs> see, there you go. All their practical call, thing. Yeah. Does it spark joy? No. Yeah. Or not only that, it's more about wearing everything. I got it out. I tried it. I got it out. Felt it. I tried it. Next thing, someone calls out to you, and you're you're in your room, and you've got every piece of clothing on. I remember when you were cleaning out our office, Hmm. and next minute you were taking your blood pressure. I wasn't here, and then I went, came back, and I walked into the office, and you had the blood pressure machine, and you were taking your blood pressure. Well, the thing was, is I got priority. I found it in the as I was going through and cleaning stuff. I pulled it out, and I thought, "Geez, I haven't done that for a while." Just have a little run through on this thing. I was still all good, but just a little I just check. yeah, it it took as we know I get a bit off <laughs> off topic sometimes. But anyway, righto, let's get into today. 
as you were going before. <laughs> so today is something I'm quite excited to dive into. Um, it has come from discuss. Discuss, yes. Mm. Um, it has been something that has come around from training kids, watching kids, and in, in all different elements. So like in kids in sport, um, watching kids come through the gym, in schools, like all different areas of life, and and. And what they do movement-wise and what they don't do movement-wise and what they have done movement-wise since they were a kid and what they haven't done. So evident of kids that haven't participated in sport or done things that require um, lots of different skills, lots of different movement patterns. And I think it's becoming more evident now and it's something that we do have to be far more conscious about coming forwards now. And when we're coming at this today, we're coming at it from more of a – um, people and coaches perspective neither of us have kids no, yeah. um, so this is something that if you're a parent then you can potentially implement with your kids but this is from our view is what we see as coaches um, mm. so with this here it's it's becoming more of a factor when kids are spending more time at school sitting down they don't have the activity that they used to have yeah, not the amount of time of activity, I think, now. No, they don't or, have as much time for PE. They yeah. don't have sport every day and they don't run around in their lunch times and their lunch times are generally quite a lot shorter. Mm. Um, so they're sitting down a lot more at school and then when they get home, they're sitting on devices a lot more, so like your iPads, et cetera, um, well, TV, the thing computers. Is, and the thing is, is now, like how much of our kids' um, schooling is now all on screen stuff, it's like massive. on computers and you have to upload to this for the – like it's mm. more become like the university-type style of setup has more filtered its way down through school well, because of – everything uh, online. That's right, because everything's more accessible to everyone now. Yes. Like you could imagine when the first one, computers and stuff come out, they were so expensive and they take up a whole room and no kids could try and carry them. They're just impractical to try and put any schooling stuff on. Yeah. But now as the um, uh, the price point has become cheaper for entry and, you know, like you always see it used to be for me as a kid when mum would have to go and get your books for school and mm. they'd have to cover your books in like clear plastic mm. and do everything like that. And that was how much you would do. But now there's so much of kids having to have you know, um, some access to a laptop, access to a computer or something. You know, there's a lot of that stuff. I suppose it's real. It's expected now that everyone is doing screen time and it, it just bugs me sometimes. I am I fall into the same thing. Like I'm not immune to it as well as that you're at work doing stuff on a computer or in front of a screen doing things in between and then all of a sudden what do you do in your spare time? You either jump on social or you jump on your phone and you're back on another screen. You're just on a different size screen just looking different, at different stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, things that either amuse you or things that you want to look at as opposed to things that you have to look at for work or have to yeah. be involved in with work. And, so and that starts no, such a young now. There's no doubt that you have to know those things. You have to know mm. how to use your computer and stuff. But what comes with that is you need to know how to regulate the use of technology. So And, where, and yeah, like you said, talking about in the lower, in the younger. Exactly. And when mm. they are younger, like now they've implemented in kindies and prep like in these little, little ones, is screen time. They have allocated computer screen time, iPad time, whatever that is, um, several times a week, if not daily, because the kids need to know how to use these things growing up, but they're put in so frequently that then the kids look forward to the screen time and whatever they're going to do on their playing games or doing things on there, um, which makes it a little bit tricky because then you're already forcing that habit that they're going to be spending X amount of time on a screen every day. 
And I think in this generation at the moment we've been, and we talk about it quite regularly, is how connected we are or how needing to be connected we are that now we're finding a lot of people, everyone is more about not being connected when they're holidaying. Yes, you, you know, want to like go somewhere trying to do that to as disconnect. a regulated type thing, yeah. Absolutely. So people are so, looking forward to going places with no phone service or even yeah. like I know a big crew, like when people were cruising and stuff, a big draw card there was that they had no service in the middle of the ocean. Mm. Like they were disconnected and they didn't know where other people on the boat were and if you met up with someone, you met up with them, but it wasn't regulated that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think with kids, this is something that we've seen pretty massively in our little ones, but really, really big coming through like that 12 to 15 age range, especially because they're kind of the generation that has had most technology the entire time they've been alive hmm. and they've had access to it since they were little, little. Um, and they probably haven't moved as much as most people older than that moved. They didn't do sport as much. Um, or if they did, it's an accessory to what they do. It's not a major part of their life. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, Ben, what are the biggest issues you've seen with these people coming up? Like in training them, in watching them, in like what issues are you seeing that are coming up? Um, a lot of stuff that we're seeing is really is body awareness for kids, for people, for how they move. Mm. It's um, it's something that as we grow and from young and now we have growth spurts and, and sort of go through is we're going to end up seeing kids will get to a certain size they'll have a bit of a like a, a sort of reboot you might say and that's where learning their lever lengths like for legs and arms and stuff how to move them in space and, and what's going on with them they start to learn that you'll see kids come through and they'll be okay at a certain age you know like that five to six in that first sort of one to two, grade one to two, and then they have a bit of a growth spurt and they get to like grade four or five, they start to get a little bit bigger. Some of them, if they haven't played sport or they haven't been doing some sort of activity or being continually um, uh, being able to move or be able to participate in different things, whether it's just with siblings or stuff like that, um, they start to lose a bit of body awareness and how to when we all started, when we were kids squatting and stuff, that was before your spine actually and you started to get enough musculature and your skeletal system started to be able to handle load. We were pretty good at like we would always squat. You watch kids, they'll squat to pick things up. Perfect. It's not – and it's not a taught thing. That's something that you've had to do. And so, yeah, bringing kids through, if they lose that and they start to get a bit either stronger or uh, things happen and they start to – to get longer levers and, and different things like that, they start to just get lazy or they start to lose the ability to know where it is in space. And I think we're seeing a massive loss of mobility from mm. that six onwards and it seems to be, I don't know whether it's correlation or causation, but it seems to be when they go into school and they're sitting down for a longer period of time and then they're not moving as much. The ones who do a lot of movement outside of school, we don't see this issue with as much. You don't see them lose their mobility when they are playing sport, playing full stop hmm. um, and moving a lot. You don't see that loss of mobility being so dramatic. But then, then on the other spectrum with that mobility stuff, we do see some kids coming through in that 15 – that have really bad mobility, but they've done so much sport. Yes, and it's almost dangerous. That's right, in, in the fact that they've ended up not being shown 
the warm up, cool down, recovery, stretching, yes. and we can talk about that in another one. But that's a big that's a big thing with stuff coming as well. through as well. Yeah. So yeah, that loss of mobility yeah. when they start to sit down all day, mm. they get really tight hips and really tight ankles, mm. and then you see them try to squat, which used to be so natural, and you almost see like this look of confusion on their face, like why is this so hard? It shouldn't be this hard to sit down, yeah. and just utter confusion. Yeah, which is really tricky, um, because then with them we see. Like, obviously, that body awareness, that spatial awareness, but also just um, an underdevelopment of fine motor skills. And this comes from not moving enough and not playing enough. Um, And the playing stuff we'll go over a little bit more, but no fine motor skills. So, like, holding a pencil, um, cutting with scissors, even down to your core strength and being able to regulate that and sit up at a desk, etc. It's not... It's not developed enough, so then these things aren't natural for them. And they should these should be very natural because the thing is that when they're playing, they should be playing outside. They develop their grip strength by holding onto trees or onto monkey bars climbing or something and or stuff, climbing. Yeah. And you'll see most kids that play, they will have exceptional upper body strength because they're pulling themselves up and they're flipping around things and they're running and they're what we call their vestibular system, which is your um, inner ear system. It's your balance system is we need to train by them flipping and being upside down and you'll find that kids get upside down their blood doesn't rush to their head when it's trained Hmm. so they do their roly polies and things but as soon as they stop doing that and they get to adults and they haven't done that all of the blood rushes to your head when you haven't been upside down for a while but the thing is that their vestibular system isn't trained which is where that spatial awareness comes in because they haven't flipped upside down they don't have the requisite grip strength that they need so then when they get into school without that grip strength and the coordination of their hands holding a pencil is hard and without them playing with sticks and dirt and picking things up they haven't done that with their hands Mm. which is natural for them to do whereas just using their thumbs on a screen isn't natural so then their fine motor skills aren't there which makes it really hard for them to learn like it just starts from so young and i think that's the thing that's such a struggle is that it is from when they're so young and there's so many flow-on effects so they don't have these fine motor skills their vestibular system isn't trained they're not playing and when they don't play they don't develop their creativity so they're not they're not creative which is difficult because they should be innately creative when they're at least when they're little which then part of that's going to flow on and i think yeah yeah and i think in most cases that what you're talking about is that creativity is more about their imagination, mm. being able to do things and being, like you say, self-entertained or being able to do that. We see these kids come through and they're continually having to be stimulated by other stuff. Mm-hmm. They can't sit and do things. And, yes, kids don't, like a lot of kids end up, they, they can't sit still and that's fine. But but the thing is, is if they needed to not sit still, they're okay with either um, imagining some sort of wild and outrageous thing that's going on with either their toys or their cars or things you know they're playing with other stuff and they're they're able to be creative and make things of castles and you know forts and pulling things out and doing stuff like that and that's that's how being creative and and doing your imagination and being able to do all that stuff helps and it does lead through but if you've been continually had to be like stimulated by something either in front of you screen you know you see so many people with their kids screen time they'll take them out and they give Mm. them the ipad when they're sitting there it is easy and that and that's okay like that's okay if it's if there's a as we talk about if there's an actual um clear boundary or clear um purpose or plan that that's the time for that Mm. 
then then that's fine. And the other times are when they're home and they're doing heaps of other stuff and they're not given that all the time. So that's that's all good. But we end up seeing so many people have, like you say, that don't have very good problem solving stuff with it because they've never had to try and work through things. And like you say, uh, they can't you know, be by themselves. On. Yeah. They can't be by themselves because the thing is that they should have this like wild imagination yeah like naturally they do this this imagination where they can think up all of these things and there's giants and monsters and witches and fairies and like mm. all of the things and and they can almost vividly see it yeah. when they're playing but the thing is when they can't see that and when they can't play like that's where their initial problem solving comes from generally when they're doing when they have this massive imagination they're imagining all of it up and they're normally playing with other kids and then they solve the problem together mm. and they overcome that problem, which is then their first element of problem solving, which means that as they grow up and they need to problem solve other things, it's very natural for them. But when it's not natural, that becomes a problem because then you're trying to teach them problem solving in school and teaching them out of the box thinking and it's not natural for them it doesn't come easily so then they're like that's trying really to, think. to be forced they don't know what thinking outside of the box is because they're so stuck in a box yeah and it's so much overstimulation. like they're so used to being on a screen and having this mass amount of stimulation and this mass dopamine hit that you get when you have this stimulation that all of a sudden playing isn't fun anymore because you don't have an imagination, no. and compared to the screen, the dopamine it's hit of playing you, that's is right. like it's giving you that imagination. That's for exactly it. right. You don't have to imagine it because everything's in bright color and it has a storyline in front of you. Why would you yeah, imagine? Something? You don't have to imagine that you're doing it. And I think it's also a perception of danger for parents too. Like all the parents I've spoken to, it's really quite interesting seeing the perception of danger and having the kids inside on a screen is perceived as far safer than letting them play outside. Yeah, true. Which is which is interesting. And as a parent, you're always tr- obviously trying to do the best thing for your kids with what you know. But it's interesting to see how many of them – it's kind of 50-50. Half of them are like, get outside, you need to be outside. But then half of them are like, you need to be inside because I know that you're safe there. While I'm doing X, Y, Z or while I'm working from home, yeah. you need to be inside on a screen because I know you're entertained and you're in a room and you're safe. Whereas if you're out there, there's snakes and bugs and you could fall and you could hurt yourself. Mm. Or you've got to continue to have someone with the eye on you. Exactly, watching them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so- it's certainly a bit of a struggle. Um. With some of that stuff when we talk about uh, body awareness, then just getting back to that, um, another thing I see a lot of is, yeah, like core strength, like the midsection the midsection of children. Huge. And like you had said before, I think in some cases it is about sitting and getting lazy in one position and not being able to engage core or probably also in some cases not actually ever had to feel like it sort of happened a bit sort of subconsciously, but not really had to actually feel what core engagement or anything is and it's something that's learnt through continual moving and through playing sport and through you know like bracing and core control and stuff like that and it's something that if they can't connect the upper body to the lower you definitely see it when they're moving throughout space Mm -hmm. so you know doing things like you're saying that vestibular and being upside down doing handstands and doing cartwheels and that if you can see if a, a child hasn't had a lot of core stability or core control and lost a lot of that or, or doesn't hasn't had to relearn and, and work on it as they go through because they can see that just collapsed yeah. position. And as a coach, it makes it quite difficult to cue them 
initially. Yeah, when they've never, yeah. Because if they don't know how anything feels and they don't know where their body is and they don't know how to move their body, you almost have to pull them into position, Mm. get them to stay there and go hold for 10 seconds, release. Let's put you back in that position. Hold for 10 and release because otherwise they have no idea where anything is. Mm. Like even simply squatting, if you tell them, to push their knees out and you give them every cue and every analogy in the world. They don't know what that feeling feels like. Same with their core. They don't know what that feeling feels like. The amount of kids that will come in thinking that bracing their core means sucking their belly in is crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. And then that's when you have so many issues when they're put into either high impact or high intensity sports with no control. Yeah. And then they're told to go fast and they don't respond to any coaching cues because they don't they don't know what to do with that. No. Like you can give them the best cue in the world, but if they don't know how to move their body in the first place, then you're screwed. Yeah. It's not going to work for them. So then it, it's just like you're going to get these problems later on. Like, And the problems are getting younger. You're seeing 12-year-olds with hip issues, knee issues, shoulder issues, yeah. like getting recons really young, tearing hamstrings really young, yeah. which should not happen. That should be an anomaly. Yeah. It shouldn't be a major part of the sport. Yeah, it shouldn't be normal at all. Or no. it's um yeah it's definitely something that you struggle with. We're seeing that um come through, and definitely by no means are we saying that it has to be a huge, big, high, act high impact sport with no. lots of you know like contact and all that stuff. It can just merely be something about getting out and you know a bit of movement with parents or um, kicking a ball around. It doesn't have to be. It's it's more about in most cases being able to do that. Um, Spatial awareness, depth perception, knowing where things are in space. Mm. You heard the um, analogy of like a bull in a china shop going at 100 mile an hour and that's just purely about something so big in such a small space that doesn't know how it can move around yeah. and just starts knocking everything over. Find that there's a lot of kids that, um, yeah, some people that are more accident prone as well. Sometimes yeah. you'll end up finding kids that just purely haven't had to move their body through space at either speed or movement and stuff. And then when they are asked to do it or it does happen, it happens with a great lot of crashing and bashing and hitting. And and it's almost like the old touch parking (laughs) where you know know how close you are by touching it or hitting it or tapping it. (laughs) That's what happens sometimes because you can't pull up in space. Like they don't know speed and control with it. So it's something that needs to be learned throughout sport or throughout movement a lot of kids that you see with have a lot of siblings um in most cases you see them either being out doing a lot of stuff together so that is more about have your own team and amongst your own family and it's like rolling and you know like wrestling and doing other things like that's about learning different angles and things and strength and working those joints through ranges and 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 it's giving you mobility but it's also postural stuff too like making sure your shoulders work properly and your core works properly and everything's coordinated enough so that you naturally have good posture not having to train posture yeah yeah um and with that there something for families that's excellent to do like maybe if you're a family that doesn't move a lot or you're thinking about this now going there's probably days in a row that we don't really move Mm. it's probably only the weekend where we kick the ball around to do something like that the best thing is finding half an hour to an hour of the afternoon to be outside like be outside maybe it becomes like your happy hour or something Mm. but instead of sitting down and having 
a mojito or a cocktail for your happy hour mm. <laughs> is um, making your happy hour just being outside. And we know like we've gone over before like the benefits of your bare feet on the grass, etc., and that grounding there. And the times of day and stuff like that. Yeah, and getting that light in your eyes, which is then for going to benefit your sleep as well. But for your kids, just having half an hour to an hour where everyone's outside for the afternoon. And it'll get more natural for them, but at first it might feel weird if they're normally on their iPads or on something until – they have to have a shower and go to bed. Mm. But getting everyone outside for half an hour to an hour and you can kick the ball around or wrestle or do do anything but just be outside. Whatever you want to do, just be outside for half an hour to an hour. Yeah, you can go for a walk, do whatever. And that'll just naturally it starts get to become an moving. active active thing to do as well then like, together. Exactly. Like I do know a family who'll go for a walk every afternoon and depends how everyone's going as to how long the walk is, but they take a ball and the kids run ahead and kick the soccer ball while they're doing that and then Mm. the soccer ball kicking turns into throwing it to wrestling to doing all these things Mm. but they still go for that walk and that's how you're getting your walking in while they're getting their movement in and that's aim is to just get as much movement as possible so that you're sparking their imagination you're making them more creative they're going to be better problem solvers when they get to school they're going to have their fine motor skills they're going to be able to hold themselves up at a desk and not feel like they need to collapse and rest on their shoulder and etc they're going to have better body awareness their core strength their spatial awareness like there's just so many benefits that come from something that is so seemingly small yeah, and, and like I say, it can just start with five to ten minutes. You know, you can't, sometimes you can't just force that and make it so much time, but it's just no. about purely making a start. Exactly. Uh, five minutes you did today is more than the none you did yesterday, than zero you did yesterday, and ten minutes after that or next week is ten minutes every day. That's ten minutes more than you did two weeks ago. Absolutely. So that's that's more what it's about as well. But in that, that too, what we end up seeing is it's sometimes learnt. So... Um, families that you see that don't, like you're saying, that don't either move or parents don't move or they can't find it as part of their day, mm. you'll usually find that the children, it's either really seen as something foreign, yeah. like it's, they're not. And then when playing sports or doing things in team environments, it mm. becomes a lot of the time very difficult because they've never had they've never had the chance to be able to do that. And they've never seen it. So, again, like the whole thing, I feel like we've said it a thousand times, the unnaturalness of it. If they've never seen it, it doesn't become normal. So, you'll often find if the rhythm, like for families who exercise, if you find mum and dad exercise daily and they find some way to get movement in daily, whether that's walking or going to a structured class or playing sport or doing some movement every day, when those kids grow up and they leave school, they're they're generally going to move every day because it's habit and they've developed that since they were little. Hmm. So then they have that habit of movement. But if the parents had a habit of not moving, working maybe longer hours or being busier, maybe more stressed um, and of an afternoon just sitting down and going, I just need to rest because I've had a massive day, then you find the kids do that when they grow up. And you see all of these beliefs are learnt and inherited from their parents. And if you think of maybe where you are, like I know a lot of mine come from my parents, a lot of yours would come from your parents. Obviously, you do your own thing to a certain extent. But if you think about where core things that you do come from, a lot of them come from there. Like how much did you move when you were younger? How much sport did you play? How much sport were you put into? Hmm. Like so it's important to teach them that they should be incorporating some form of movement. And that's why we'll talk about movement more than exercise. Yeah, that's it's exactly right. It doesn't necessarily have to be that structured type stuff. No, you just move. It just can be that. And, and it's more, in that case, like you say, about putting them through different 
um, planes of movement, different activities, different ups, downs, squatting, pressing, pulling, doing all that sort of stuff gets mm. a, a broad, such a broad range because there shouldn't be like a ball that once you've developed a squat and a press and a hinge or something, that's it. You don't need to do anything else in different no. planes. And that's why in most cases you see that kids haven't developed in that when you try to ask them to move in some of those things because they've never had to experience it so it's it's a lot of stuff there because when they move as well their focus is going to be better and their motivation is going to be better like they're going to be mentally sharper which means that school is going to naturally be a little bit easier for them because they're more on the ball Hmm. they're they're more motivated they want to do more things and it develops a drive from a really young age being in sport as well is being in that structured sport develops that drive that they're going to need in all of the areas of their life and we see that ones that have entered sport probably a little bit later like that between that 12 and 15 they haven't done it from when they're little they don't have that drive they don't have that um not necessarily competitiveness but the drive to better themselves and to want to do better and even just to stick things out Mm. is pretty big yeah and and like you say to be in those places where they need to problem solve and do that sort of stuff as a team or as a group so yeah so there's a lot to do to do with that certainly a um a big thing to look at is if you're not getting that movement in and it's not happening then how can we get it in yeah just have a bit of a look with that in little little ways yeah for sure beautiful but i hope that is helpful for you guys so just we wanted to go over obviously why those why kids should be moving um so just to recap their spatial awareness, depth perception, body awareness and core strength, um, developing their fine motor skills and their problem solving, their creativity, developing their imagination so that they're able to be self-entertained, they have more motivation, they have better posture, they have better mental clarity for them and it's a habit from when they're little to all the way to when they're big. Mm. So yeah, hopefully that is helpful. But if you have any questions, just let us know. Um, you can send us an email at contact at 360view.co um, or hit us up on Instagram or Facebook at 360view.co um, and we would love to have a chat with you a bit further on that. Um, but otherwise, have an amazing week and we'll chat to you again soon. Thank you, viewers, for tuning in to another episode of 360View. You can follow us on Instagram at 360view.co to stay up to date with everything we're doing and tag us in your podcast listening. If you found value in today's episode, leave us a like, a review, and a five-star rating. If you know someone who could benefit from listening to this episode, give it a share. And if you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram and we'll answer them on the show. Thanks again, viewers, and we'll chat to you in the next one.